0: Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Rasta Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at seedsherenow.com seedsherenow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders including th seeds swamp boys genetics and of course irie genetics everything at seedsherenow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee and for my friends on a tight budget seedsherenow.com offers several packs for under thirty dollars as well as amazing monthly sales make sure to use coupon code gfyh10 while checking out to save a few bucks Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah! Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host, my friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 654 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on a breeding question. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout-outs to a few of the kind folks who support the show on Patreon, Let's start off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you shout out to my friend Alabama Man. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Chief Leaf and Caribou Heart TV. I want to send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Glenn Gironi. Let's send a special thank you shout out to All Mixed Up. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Mr. Let's send a thank you shout out to Frankie and Tree em Up. Let's send a big grow from your heart podcast. Thank you shout out to Single T and 716 Vibes. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Samurai Gardens. And then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you, shout out to Queen City Creations. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. And of course, there is a link in the show notes and the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. Really quickly, a uh, big shout out to my buddy White Mike for pointing out that the Patreon link to my Patreon in the video descriptions uh, was wrong when I cut and pasted it. It put some dot, dot, dots, and it didn't finish the whole link. So I gave you a dead link. I apologize. My fault. I didn't get any Patreon contributions because of that. No, I did get some. I didn't get new ones. You didn't have a link. My fault. My bad. Patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. The link in the previous videos is no good. I apologize. I apologize. There's always one little mistake, that's an easy mistake to fix. All right, where do we go from there? Shout out to White Mike, thank you for the update that I made a minor slash major mistake. I'm sure you may notice by now, if you're watching on the video format that I'm attempting to record in a multicam format again, Thank you for watching the multicam experiment here. I'm learning this. I did realize that in the last episode, uh, there were a couple of hiccups, if you will. I don't know what happened, dude. I'm learning. I'm new at this. We'll figure it out. Come along for the ride with me. Be patient. We'll get it going. I still feel like I put out a quality episode last time. None of the information really got lost. There was one jump cut. Where it felt like a couple of seconds of the video may have disappeared. I don't know what happened. If you didn't notice, I didn't notice. It was fucking perfect, bro. Anyway, thank you for coming on this multi cam journey with me. We're learning together. Uh, somebody told me a long time ago they were worried about all of the uh, technical additions to the show, they didn't want it to take away from the podcast. I'm not going to let it take away from the main focus of the show, which is teaching you, uh, sharing my knowledge with you on how to grow quality cannabis, how to improve your garden. Uh, Today, we're going to focus on breeding. I got a great question about breeding. A lot of people ask me about breeding, uh, and it's time to talk more about it. So we're going to do that in just a moment. Obviously, I'm stoned and rambly today, but I won't let all the new gear uh, distract me from the focus of the show. I write the show. I do all the stuff on the computer, on the paper. I do all that. Then we play with all the gear. I've just added a step. I don't let it uh, take from the previous steps. I just added more to it. I think it's going to go well. It's always got to keep evolving, getting better, or it will get stale. Got to keep moving forward, you guys. Can't stay where we were, right? Move forward. Do what you can do. All right. I should move forward and quit talking about the same thing. This episode will come out right after 7:10. 7:10 snuck up on me this year. There aren't any major cannabis events going on in my area that I'm aware of. Uh, no vending opportunities, no major consumption opportunities. We just came out of a really weird time here in the world. So nobody really prepared anything for the 710 event. There is a another non cannabis related event I will be attending on 710. Uh, I'm probably the only Dab Cadet in there. Everybody else will be there for another thing. Uh, but yeah, 710 snuck up on me. When you hear this, it will be post 710. I hope everybody had a wonderful, beautiful 710. I hope you stocked up on concentrates. Uh, They will sell out quickly this time of year. The places where you go to get your dabs may not have dabs because 710 is coming. Really quickly, if you don't know about 710, we'll just ramble on to that one for a moment. I have done a full podcast episode one year ago, did a full episode about 710. I bust out a bunch of equipment. Uh, I should probably do that again now that I'm doing two cameras. Maybe get another camera and do that one. Uh, But 710, if you flip the number 710 upside down, it actually says the word oil. So 710 is a good time to smoke oil. We take dabs now at 710. A lot of people smoke flowers or a joint or a blunt or a bong rip at 420. Now 710 is when you smoke some dabs. 710 is dab culture. It is the new 420. So that's what I'm talking about when I say 710. Happy 710, everybody. I'm sorry I didn't put out a 710 episode. I'm sorry I missed that. It snuck up on me this year. Like I said, lots of stuff going on and no events. So we didn't pay attention to 710. That light right there is making my eye twitch. That was really awkward on camera. Not even going to edit that. I hope you saw it. Um, where do we go from here? I want to give a big shout out to Shikari Richardson. That's right. I'm not going to delve too far into this topic. This is everybody's heard about it. Every cannabis consumer has heard about what happened to uh, the lovely Shikari Richardson. A, uh, an Olympic runner has been uh, basically stopped from running, not allowed to run in certain events because she failed a cannabis drug test. That's right. She had weed in her system the place where she consumed cannabis. Cannabis was legal at the time where she consumed it. It was legal there. She was in a place where she could smoke cannabis. She also had a family member just pass away. I believe it may have been her mom just passed away. Uh, I know, uh, God, I don't even want to think about that moment, but I'm going to smoke some cannabis when my mom passes. I promise you. Uh, but, uh, the person was just doing life and where they were life was happening and that was legal. And because, they're an Olympic athlete because they did something that was a, was legal where they were. Now they can't compete in an event. Um, that's bullshit. It's kind of shitty that somebody can't compete because of cannabis use. Also, I have friends who are athletes. I hang out with a couple. Yeah, I'm not an athlete myself at all, but I do have a diverse group of friends. Uh, shout out to my friend who had a conversation with me. He doesn't want his name set on my show. I'm sure of it. Uh, shout out to my buddy who had a conversation with me today. He is an athlete. He's competed in uh, major events. I think he may have been in an Olympic. He was a, He's a wrestler. The dude's a wrestler. Uh, his brother was a UFC fighter. Uh, they said that when you are in these types of events, that it's not just a paper contract. You don't just read paper and you sign shit and say that's the rules. There is a meeting. There is a discussion. People talk to you, and they put it into your head lots of times. There is no cannabis use while you were under this contract. Yeah, cannabis may be legal in Colorado, Oregon, California, wherever you want to go that it's legal. It may be legal there. But if you choose to be an Olympic runner, you are forfeiting that this is your new thing, your new contract. This rule supersedes all of those rules. You can't do it. Just like if you want some jobs, you have to pass a drug test. You can't do certain jobs. If you want to be a cannabis consumer, the Olympics are the same way. So there is kind of a being a person who wants freedom and free cannabis and legalized cannabis and let's all smoke and have a good time. And I feel that athletes need cannabis just as much, if not more than anybody. They're struggling. Their body's hurt. They're under uh, strain mentally and physically all day long. They need something to calm down, make themselves feel better. I think it feels good. Uh, when I move heavy stuff, after I take a, a dab after that, I don't feel like I moved a bunch of heavy stuff. I think athletes should be allowed to consume. Uh, I think everybody should be allowed to consume responsibly. But she did sign a paper. She did shake hands and say, "I won't do that. My job depends on it." So that's kind of a 50/50. I'm, I'm torn between that, how I feel on it. It was her responsibility to not get caught consuming cannabis is what that was. Uh, if she was gonna do it, don't get caught. So um, that was her responsibility. But where I'm leading to that, <clears throat> I do want to give a shout out to one of her sponsors. If you know my personal life, if you know me, if you pay attention to my social media, you know I'm a big old sneakerhead. Uh, quarantine, COVID. Uh, the lockdown got me bored. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. Usually I go to a comedy show or a concert every single weekend, if not two or three of those a week. Uh, during COVID, I wasn't going anywhere. We were sitting here zooming, and being on a zoom video was not enough for me. I developed a ridiculous sneaker addiction. That's right. I've got, a, well, we won't go too far into that because it could be a problem. I may need an intervention. Find me up on intervention, taking away my sneakers. Uh, but I wanted to give a shout out to Nike because Nike is shikari richardson's official sponsor and nike did not revoke their sponsorship which i think is kind of cool in this uh day and age i feel like such an old guy when i say that uh your sponsors bail out if you say something wrong very quickly your sponsors cancel you and forget about you very quickly if you make the wrong move and for nike to support uh their endorsey i think that's the appropriate word that just came out smoothly we're gonna go with it uh, for nike to support this like that. And not drop them, not fire them, not pull any ads, not take any funding, not take any merch deals. Uh, that is really cool. So shout out to Nike for doing that. A lot of people are gonna say you're shouting out a big old corporation. They're standing up for a cannabis consumer, which is kind of cool. And they've also uh, been putting out some cannabis-friendly uh, shoes and merch. So that's kind of cool. Um, that's enough. Uh, what is it? C- uh, pop culture, current news, current events. We don't need enough of that on that. We don't need much of that on this show. Let's focus on cannabis. A lot of people are going to listen to this episode because this is going to be the episode about breeding. That's right. I've got an email here about breeding. Uh, many people listen to the podcast. They may not know that I am also the founder, breeder, sole proprietor. Uh, I am the one-man army of re Genetics Premium Seeds is a seed company. Uh, I slash we make regular and feminized seeds. I'm sure most people that listen to the show know that, but I'm sure there's a few people out there that have no idea that I even make seeds. It's just uh, something that may have not gotten to their radar. But I make seeds. I'm Iry Genetics Premium Seeds. Uh, I'm fairly well-known for my breeding technique, my breeding methods. My methods are tried and true. I've got a couple of male plants. A few male plants have passed through my stable that have been proven to be studs. I've got a very uh, reliable selection of female plants. Um, And my breeding skills have been proven. Uh, And I think I'm breeding with purpose and from a good place. So I feel like I, uh, can give you a good little rundown on breeding. And a lot of people have been asking for it is where I think I was headed with that. A lot of people have been asking me for breeding tips and I don't talk about it a lot on the show, honestly, because I wanted to make sure to give all of the basic grow tips first. I mean, I need you, you need to be able to grow. It's not, you don't need, I guess you, it's better if I shouldn't say need, cause you can pull off seeds no matter what, if you try, Uh, It's better if you know how to grow, if you understand the plant before you start breeding. You you shouldn't, in my opinion, just start breeding right away. Have a good relationship with the plant, understand how it grows, understand the functions of the plant, then understand what you're looking for in breeding, build it, just have a good foundation. So I wanted you to get that before I started doing too much about breeding. Also... Uh, my business is breeding that's part of what that's how I survive so why do I want to teach everybody else how to breed but at this point I'm very insecure with my role in the breeding community with my role in the cannabis community I can teach you how to breed I'm going to do my thing forever it's not going to push me out of a job out of the market or anything like that so I'm willing to share my knowledge uh, grow from your heart breed with love let's uh, cut me off of this fucking ramble fest and let's actually jump into this email and we'll set up this part of the show it goes just like this. It says, Rasta Jeff, I'm uh, not sure if I'm submit- submitting this in the proper area, but I am a longtime listener and I grow personally for companies and for myself for over five years. There's a lot there in that first sentence. You did submit it to the appropriate channel. You sent that to growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. That got right to me. Thank you. Uh, longtime listener. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Longtime listener, first time emailer, it looks like. Uh, thanks for the great message because this one is a good one. Got me off on a good ramble. Uh, it says, I grow personally and for companies. Now, that's going to get my attention because this is a breeding question. Before I even get to the breeding part, let me ramble about this. If you work for a big company that has plants that are in flower and you are breeding at home, it is your responsibility as the grower slash breeder slash person with all the plans to not pollinate that commercial grow. If you grow at work, that's a commercial grow. Do not contaminate that grow with pollen. They are relying on that crop to pay your bills. Your rent comes from that crop. The patients, the customers, the consumers don't want that crop seeded because you decided to be a a new breeder, a pollen chucker at home. If you successfully breed some seeds without contaminating that crop at work, we'll call you a breeder. If you fuck up and pollinate that entire crop at work, you're a shitty pollen chucker and you didn't do your job right. So the first thing you need to do is make sure, in my opinion, the first thing you should do, maybe need to do, I try not to use wor- uh, words like should and need, but uh, this, I feel like it's appropriate. You, you need to make sure, uh, you should make sure not to pollinate that big commercial grow. People are relying on that to be seedless, top shelf quality bud. Don't seed that shit up. So now once you're sure you're not going to seed up that grow, then we can talk more about breeding. Uh, there are several ways to make sure you don't seed that grow up change your clothes a lot, wash your hair, water deactivates pollen. Anytime you're around that male plant when he's pollinating, just squirt yourself down with pollen, change your clothes, have clothes that you go in the grow room with and your personal grow, then grow clothes that you don't wear in the grow. So you come out of the grow, you change clothes, possibly take a shower between those clothes. If you have time, if it's possible, come out of the grow, change clothes, put on fresh clothes, then go to work and put on different clothes at that grow. So you're using different clothes in that grow, different clothes at home and different clothes in your home grow. It sounds tedious. It sounds ridiculous. But with the experiments you're trying to play with and the money you're putting at risk at that commercial grow, it is what is necessary. Everything from the hat to the shoes need to be different. Don't take those same shoes in your grow that you do to the commercial grow. Uh, That should be the rule of thumb anyway. You don't want to move those bugs around. And if you're getting in the car, You're leaving work, getting in the car. Those bugs are riding home with you. You're bringing them into the house. You should change clothes, take a shower at that point, then go into your grow in different clothes. It's really hard to keep it all separate, but do the best that you can. Keep that pollen away from the other grow. Really don't fuck up that grow. So I want to finish this message, but that really stands out when you say, I want to breed at home and I'm working at a company that that's going to set off a lot of alarms for a lot of people. Don't tell anybody at the commercial grow that you're breeding at home. Because if one seed pops up, they're all going to blame you. They're going to be like, it's that pollen chucker that's breeding at home. He just seeded everything. It's all going to be your fault. All right. There is more of this message. It says, now I'm deciding I want to try out breeding at a personal level at home. Is there a previous episode number you can point me to for the best breeding guide? I've actually listened to two episodes about breeding terms, but I'm curious if you have a more of a guide formatted episode already. Thanks again for everything. Much love. Uh, do they say their name? They don't say that they want their name said, so they know who they are. They don't need their name said on this episode, <clears throat> but they've got a great question. Let's talk a little bit about breeding. I do not have a previous episode where I talk specifically about breeding. I do talk about uh, pollination times. I've talked a couple of times about male selection, which I'll touch on here, uh, but I don't think I've done the episode that I owe you for good breeding. So I'm going to take a sip of my drink here because I'm sure you could hear it in my throat. After I get a little moisture on the face here, we will talk about breeding. Hang out. Here we go. Let's talk about breeding cannabis. Uh, The main thing, one of the main things to think about is if you're going to breed, do you want to pollinate all of the plants or just a couple of plants? Because uh, pollen is hard to control if you don't have some experience and a plan. There are ways to control the pollen. But if you're new, if you don't have some, some strategy in place, you could really mess up. Like I mentioned earlier, do not pollinate your work grow. Do not pollinate your friends grow. Do not pollinate the grow down the street. Think about that sort of stuff. Be kind to the people around you. A lot of people are growing cannabis now, and a lot of people are relying on that for medicine. A lot of people are also growing hemp all over the place. so You've got to worry about getting pollinated as well uh, from other sources. So I would recommend only breeding indoors or in a greenhouse of some sort. I don't really trust outdoor breeding because if some guy down the street gets a male, he may breed with me on accident with my plants on accident. sounds better that way. Okay. One of the main things to think about when breeding is what is your goal? Do you have a goal or are you just pollen chucking? If you're just pollen chucking, that is fun too, but it's much better, much more fulfilling, uh, much more rewarding, and uh, much more successful if you have a goal. How do you even know if you were successful if you didn't have a goal? If you're just putting plant A and plant B in a room together and putting pollen on the plants and letting it happen and then growing the seeds, that's fun, but it was their success in it. What was your goal? Did you have something in mind? Did you want to do something? <clears throat> are you making seeds for, do you intend to eventually be a commercial seed producer? Will these seeds be put to market? Are you going to make seeds to give to your friends? Are you going to sell them? Are you going to pass them out at trade shows? Are they going to be gifts? Are they are, are they something you intend on making to give to disabled veterans who can't afford seeds or um, I I don't know, there's some random group. I was trying to think of some random group with like a bunch of random names, but then it almost got offensive in my head. Like um, just random people from a random place that do random things that enjoy a certain thing. All those together in one group. Are you specifically finding seeds for those people who can't afford them? Uh, Whatever you're doing with the seeds, what is your goal? Or are you just gonna grow them at your house on your own or in your commercial grow on your own? What's your goal for the seeds? Think about what your goal is. Uh, It's all about a goal. A lot of things in... Pro- productivity of any sort. It's all about your goal. You can't get to the destination to the end without a good goal from the very beginning. So, when we're breeding, when we're making seeds, let's have a goal. One of the first goals to think of is what am I breeding for? Who are these seeds going to? How big is this going to get? So, think about that from the beginning and kind of be prepared for that from the start. Then, your next goal is to improve upon the cannabis species, not just to make this strain and this strain, because you want to name it, the two strains together would make a really clever name, and you want to make a million dollars off a cool strain name. The cool strain name will get you so far, but once people grow those seeds and realize that they suck because you didn't do any proper selection, then that strain sucks and now you've got a really popular strain name that is known for putting out shitty plants, so that that's not the way to do it. Have a goal improve upon the species. <clears throat> Maybe you've got. Something that tastes really good, but it lacks potency. Maybe you've got something that is super potent that doesn't taste good. Maybe you want to improve upon that thing somehow. Then you need to find a... Pro- I guess you're going to have a female if you're smoking it. Then you need to find a male that is going to improve upon that female when they breed. If you breed them together and you just make something that is worse or not better than both of the plants you started with, you didn't really breed successfully, in my opinion, unless your goal was to isolate one trait. If you don't care about the potency and the way that it grows, you're just looking for straight up that one sour mango terp, and that's all you're breeding for. You can do that, but I want potency, vigor. Uh, things that people often forget about is uh, stuff like pest resistance, pathogen resistance, cold resistance, drought resistance. How does it handle temperature swings, diurnal swings, humidity swings? Does it take stress well? Because uh, I put a lot of my plants in a commercial grow and. Uh, no disrespect to the ladies and gentlemen at the commercial grow, but sometimes they're overworked and they're stressed and they party too hard on the weekend or whatever is going on and the plants have a little, uh, they don't get taken care of as much as they could have maybe Saturday and Sunday. The weekend crew might be hung over or whatever and the plants deal with some stress. I need them to survive that stress in the commercial grow. Also, I sell seeds commercially. People that have never grown before are getting my seeds. I want them to have great success and they are going to beat these plants up. So it's all about selection. We need plants that are going to survive drought, stress, problems, uh, being popped and twisted and manipulated. A lot of these things are going to be delivered by the male plant. A lot of these traits come from the male side of this equation. And a lot of people are only breeding for flavor, aroma. Uh, We call call it in the industry, Instagram ability. Can you post this plant? Like, is it going to look good? Is it going to sell through Instagram? But then when you get it in your garden, like I said a minute ago, you grow it. And it just grows like shit. It grows real skinny and it falls over. And one of the buds at the top is beautiful. It's fucking purple. It's got red leaves coming off of it. Instagram goes apeshit, but it doesn't grow worth the shit. And when you smoke it, the buzz is miserable and there's no good flavor to it. It just looks really good. It hit a good lab test because it's got a lot of trichomes on it, but there's nothing good about it other than paper and Instagram. So breed for the right stuff. Have a goal. Improve upon the plant and don't just be pollen chucking and they're just a pollen chuck. So. Uh, selection is key. I talked about a lot of the resistance, uh, pest and pathogen. We're just going to call that peth. That's my new word right now. Uh, Pest and pathogen resistance comes from the male. A lot of that comes from the male. So a good male is key to a good breeding project. Male selection is very important. I've done full episodes on male selection, but selecting the male. um, Let's talk about choosing a male. It's all about your goal. Do you want to make uh, indica or sativa dominant plants. Do you want to make tall skinny plants? Do you want to make short squatty plants? Do you want to make plants that flower in 50 days? Do you want to make plants that flower in 70 days? Do you want to make plants that flower in 142 days? Shout out to my buddy lemur priest for his 140 day finishers. Um, what do you want to make? You've got to choose a male that will contribute those traits to the mix. Of course, he's only going to give 50%. Maybe that's something else we're going to talk about in a moment. Uh, He's only going to give about 50% of his traits to this cross. What is he shaped like? What does he smell like? Find a male that has traits that you want to work with. This is kind of like chefing. Uh, This male is one of your ingredients, but we've only got two ingredients to work with. So what does this male bring to the table? Are we mixing? uh, What are two flavors that are good together? Um, Chocolate and anything, right? Chocolate and strawberries would be good together. Um, What else is good together? I'm just trying to think of random shit now, but like savory stuff together is always good. But then if you go and mix two of the wrong things together, sometimes it just doesn't fucking taste good. That's how breeding is also. Uh, You got to have the right two ingredients. If you mix the two bad ingredients together, it's just not going to work. You can't put ketchup and milk in the same bottle and expect that to be good. Sometimes breeding goes that way. So find a male with the features that you're looking for, shape, structure, leaf size, leaf shape. Colors. Does that male plant put out colors? Are you looking for a plant that turns dark colors, red colors, purple colors? Look for a male plant that exhibits those traits in the leaves. Uh, Flowering time. We don't want... I personally don't want a male that takes way too long to flower, but I also don't want a male that shows me flower too early. Um, Something I mentioned, this is a good segue into that. Uh, If a male plant flowers too early, in my opinion... He contributes too much of himself to the breeding mix. My goal in breeding most of the time is to find a male and a female that when they breed together, you can find a perfect balance of the male and female in the offspring. You'll see offspring that look just like mommy, just like daddy. And then you'll see some that you'll say, man, I see mommy's growth structure in there. It smells just like daddy. It does that stretching thing that mommy does. It does the leaf shape of the daddy plant. That is my goal is to find a male that doesn't overpower the female, but still puts enough of itself into that cross to make the females different and the off to make the offspring different and something new. So I don't want a male plant that flowers right away. If I have, uh, if I get a 10 pack, most people buy a 10 pack of seeds. If you got 10 seeds, you're most likely going to find somewhere between four and six males in there. For the sake of my story, we're going to say you got five male plants. The girls are doing their thing. We're going to talk about the boys. That first male plant to flower is way too eager. He's like, I want to flower. Here we go. I don't want to breed with him. I think the offspring he makes is going to be mostly like him. It's going to be shaped like him. It's going to have the leaf structure, uh, the build, and it's going to flower too quickly. If that plant gets root bound, if that plant doesn't get enough light, it's got a, uh, what's the word, propensity? Um, Wow big words for me today. I'm not even sure if that's the right fucking word, but we're going with it. Uh, It could flower early because that male plant that I used was an early flowering plant. If I've got five, I generally choose the third or fourth male to go into flower and start showing me, hey, I'm a strong male flowering plant. I want to see big stamens coming off of it. I want to see rapid growth into flower. That fourth or fifth one will be the winner. Sometimes that's not, uh, the third or fourth will probably be the keeper. Uh, That is not hard and fast, but that is kind of a rule of thumb. And I, I kind of have an eye when I'm popping seeds. I can see early, early on early in veg. Like when they go from their small, like the cup or their small veg into their large veg pots, I have usually already decided that right there is my breeding male. These two over here are the keeper females. I try not to let my, uh, my intuition like that ruin anything. I try to still be open-minded, but most of the time I'm, I'm correct already at that point. And by the time it's dried and cured and smoked, everybody else already agrees. They're like, you were right, bro. We saw it from the beginning because they've been around so much. We just train them and I share my ideas. But um, I kind of got myself lost there on a ramble, but I enjoy that. Find a good male plant. Uh, That third or fourth one is going to be your good male plant. Uh, The early ones are going to put too much of themselves into the mix. That third or fourth one is going to be a good breeder. It's going to pass enough of itself onto the female to show you what it's got to offer and then the female is going to be able to express itself in the breeding project. And like I said a moment ago, that's when you get the offspring that shows uh, phenotypes that look like mommy, phenotypes that look like daddy, and then phenotypes that you could see that perfect chocolate strawberry mix. Half of it is chocolate. Half of it is strawberry. It's perfectly beautiful. You can see that happen if your selections are proper. If that is your goal also, maybe that's not your goal. Maybe you want to just recreate this female plant and you got to find something that doesn't adulterate it too much. But most of the time, the goal is to make a cross of those two. Uh, That is improving the species, in my opinion. You don't want to just make a photocopy or you don't want to move backwards unless you've got a specific goal. Uh, So a good male is key. Maybe a male that displays trichomes. If your male plant is showing trichomes, that is a good thing. We want plants that make trichomes. If the males and females both make trichomes, that should add up to shebang, double trichomes, right? If you got a Mendel chart and you see trichomes, trichomes, that's going to be fucking trichomes with a capital T right there on your chart, baby. Uh, Aromas. I like a male plant. You're going to think I'm crazy. I say this a lot. I say this often and I mean it. I do a stem rub on the plants. Uh, Early flower. I can already tell uh, about week two, week three of flower what these plants are going to start smelling like for me. I just grab the stem and just rub it with my fingers and smell it. And if it smells like vomit trash can and acrid disgustingness, maybe some funky feet, maybe some rotten socks. That is a plant that I want to breed with. I don't choose to breed with the sweet candy uh, smelling uh, males because I've got those females. I like an acrid, funky male plant that's just gross. I also like a plant with a good structure. That's really important to me. It's got to grow with a good structure. It's got to take some abuse. I will put Uh, Just like most people do a pheno hunt. I don't know how long it's been since I've talked about a proper pheno hunt. We'll talk about that. That's when you grow a number of seeds and you find the winners out of that pack of seeds. You are hunting for the phenotype that you select. I will do a pheno hunt for boy plants. I'll grow, uh, it's Colorado, so I'll grow 12 seeds at a time and I'll find uh, the females out of there and just toss them immediately. And now I've got six or five male plants to work with and I'll watch them grow and I'll find the best boy out of there and I'll pull him aside. And then now I've got one plant, and so I've got 11 more seeds that I can crack and I'll run 11 and I'll find another boy in there and compare it to that first one. And I've done that a couple times until I found stellar males. So run a pheno hunt until you find the male plant that you want. If you've only got 10 seeds, there's a male in there that will work for you. If you've got a hundred seeds, your opportunity to find a stellar male are much better. How do you know when you found a good male? The only way to audition your stud plant is to pollinate, in my opinion, multiple female plants with that plant. You could pollinate one plant with it and see what it makes. Maybe you just made one really awesome cross. That's fun if that's what you want to do. But if you really want to tell if that male is a good breeder, hit him to several female plants with different traits. All of those plants need to have different, different traits. Uh, I've got a strawberry starburst that smells like strawberry bubblegum, or it's a uh, strawberry fields from Crockett. Smells like strawberry bubblegum. I've got a platinum tangy from Garden of Weedon. It smells straight up like oranges. So if I hit my male plant to the strawberry and my male plant to the tangy, I can tell I get this strawberry and something and oranges and something. And I can tell what this male plant is bringing to the mix. I can see that when I cross it to this one and to this one, that all of the offspring got tall and made big purple leaves. Or I can see, uh, commonalities or, uh, outliers through the breeding by doing multiple female plants. I can, if I hit four or five different females, I could tell what that male is going to offer. If I just hit one, I don't know sometimes if the things that come from that offspring were traits from the grandparents. They could have been, so if I use, um, I'm just going to say plant A and plant B. It's going to be easier that way. If I use plant A and plant B and I make offspring and I name that number one, and number one shows me things that aren't displayed in plant A and plant B, it could come from the grandpa- the parents of plant A or plant B, plant A's parents or plant B's parents. And I wouldn't know that if I don't know that plant's parents. So if I use multiple females, I know if I'm seeing recessive traits or traits from grandparents or traits from great grandparents, or if I'm seeing stuff that is displayed from the male. Uh, people wonder why seeds are so expensive. You guys, uh, to do it properly, to do it correctly, to do it sustainably, uh, to do it to where you're around for a while. It does take some work, some research, some effort, uh, some care, uh, some effort. That's a lot of it is effort. A lot of people just think they're going to put two plants in a room and let them hump and make some seeds and make some money. That will work a couple of times, but then people are going to buy those seeds and they're going to grow them out and they're going to go, yeah, these are not what I was hoping for. We're going to go find a breeder that's been doing some testing and read some books and figured it out. So um, find a good selection. Pollinate several females with different traits. Um, Know your goal when you're doing this. The first time you're doing it, you're kind of looking to see what the male plant does, but you've probably got some plants you've been working with for a while. Uh, Find a male plant that is different than the girls if you've got a bunch of crazy sativa females maybe find an indica heavy male or something unless you're looking to make even more sativa heavy females find something that is going to reach your goal Uh, but it's more fun when the male is different than the female so that you can see what the male is doing to that mix i keep saying stuff like that but uh, once you get there and you have the seeds and you start growing and you see what you've created if it all looks the same you're going to go Uh, My male plant is really dominating the mix here because all of these crosses all smell like foot and I don't get any strawberries. I don't get any oranges. I don't get any blueberries like I expected from the females. I'm just getting that bar trash can and puke from the male plant. You know, he's too powerful. Got to choose a different male for that. Uh, That's never a bad thing. This isn't on the notes yet, but we're going to go into this part. As a responsible breeder, something you've got to do is know when you've made some trash. If you've just made a bunch of seeds and you grew out a bunch of them and they're not impressing you, they aren't better than the parent plant that you started with. Don't sell them. Don't pass them out. Don't try to recoup your losses. This was a breeding project where you learned these plants don't breed well together. You've got to get rid of that or just grow it yourself or maybe F two it or B, C or B exit, whichever one you want to use. Shout out to my buddy f one Pete. Um... Work with it yourself. Those are yours. But maybe if they're not stellar, if they're not impressive, don't put them out. Don't sell them. Uh, That's when you go making a bad name for yourself. If you want to be around and be in the industry for a while, do things correctly. Be honest. Impress us with your products. The internet is here forever. All of the shit you do and say now is recorded, documented, programmed, written down, digitally stored, backed up on a hard drive, fucking stored in a cloud, ready to be used against you in the court of law, the court of the internet facebook court instagram court whatever the fuck court it is time for somebody is ready to blast your shit so do things correctly if you want to stick around in this industry in this scene right now if you're a seed breeder if you're a creator of some sort in this industry you are a pioneer you can either be remembered for years to come as a pioneer in this industry or you can be one of those people that popped up made a couple of bucks we realized You're just trying to fuck us for a couple of bucks, and now you are gone. Are you here forever? Are you part of the industry? Are you here for the cash grab? Now's the time to make a decision if you're trying to get into the seed breeding game for the market. All right. That was my weird rant for this episode. Um yeah, if you didn't make something good, don't share it. That is your responsibility to make that decision. So pollinate a bunch of females, grow that shit out. Uh, Multiple females are going to show you what the male does to the mix. See what he does. Is this male plant adding value? Is he adding value to the crosses or is he just making a bunch of reproductions of the females or a bunch of reproductions of himself? Or is he making hemp? If hemp is your goal, you're reaching your goal. But if that's not your goal, we've got to figure out which male plant we can use in the future to reach your goal. Crack more seeds, find a better male, repeat the process. This is why seeds get expensive. I have thrown away male plants. I've thrown away batches of seeds. Uh, for, every cross I, for every 10 crosses that I released, there are probably five to 10 more that didn't even make it. Uh, it's not that they were terrible, but I only want to put out nines and tens and 11s. There's a lot of people out there that are okay with putting out fours and sixes. And that's cool, but I, that's just not how I operate. I'd rather put out nines and tens and elevens because I've got the opportunity. I know I can do it. Why waste your time and my time with a six? If you're a six, I still love you. Um, <laughs> where are we in this podcast? I'm having fun today. Shout out to Dabs, by the way. Happy seven ten, everybody. I hope you guys have a had a wonderful seven ten. Is that male plant adding value? I hear, oh, it's the phone giving me interference. I hope you guys didn't hear that come through the microphone. Something just rattled like Chewbacca in my headphones. I was the phone doing interference with the gear here. Enough rambles. Is that male plant adding value to your cross? Is he doing good or is he just making more hemp seed for you? More bird seed. Don't be afraid to throw away a breeding project. Go back, start over, do it all over again. That's how you learn the most. It's gonna take a long time. Uh this isn't your last breeding project, hopefully. I say. A lot of times when people are freaking out, stressing out over their grow, they're not sure what to do. I just say, it's not your last grow. It's your first grow. It's the first time you're doing this. We're going to have so many more grows to figure all this stuff out. Go ahead and ruin the first one. Mess it up. That way your fifth and sixth one can be perfect. If you fuck up the fifth one, I'm going to be mad at you. If you get the first one wrong, that's perfect. Screw up the first time. Screw up the third time. Screw up the fourth time. Fifth and sixth, let's start getting shit correctly. So All you got to do is start over, breed again. I know, wasted some time, wasted some energy. It was worth it. It's a good learning experience. It doesn't really take that much time, that long, that much space. Uh, This isn't on my notes, but let's ramble. A lot of people think that breeding requires a lot of space. It doesn't. It requires very little space. You can breed with very small plants. Honestly, when I'm making a new cross, if it's something that has never been made before, and I think that plant and that plant right there, I should put them on a date. I should put them in a room and I should let them do their thing. And then we'll have some seeds. Those plants grow in a 6-inch net pot, and they're about 8 inches tall, maybe 10 inches tall when I flower them. I do not top them. I grow them. They get 8 to 10 inches tall. They go into flower. I pollinate them, and then we get about somewhere between 30 and 100 seeds depending on the plant. Some plants uh, take pollen really well and give you a lot of seeds. Uh, Some are kind of stingy, but some of them will just throw out seeds. Either way, I've got enough to play with. I can grow a few of them. I can send a few of them to my tester friends. They can grow them out. Then we can see if that new cross is worth the shit. Instead of making thousands and thousands of seeds out of big old plants and wasting space, I can put, uh, we're in Colorado. The legal number to grow here is 12 plants. I've got six recreationally, six on my medical uh, allowance. So that gives me 12 plants. I'll put six, uh, 12 Let me do math in my head again. I'll put 11, that's the goal number here, 11 female plants in a room and one male plant in a room, and they'll just pollinate all 11 of those little tiny six inch net pots under one LED light. Real small plants, real small pots, uh, grow them up just a couple of weeks, flower them out, pollinate them, and then uh, I do the 18 6 trick. Once I get them good and pollinated, I put the lights back on 18 6 and I actually move those little tiny plants back to my veg space they don't even waste any space. Now they're just in the corner of the veg space. They're getting what they need. They're on 18.6. They're going to finish flowering in about six to eight, maybe nine weeks, uh, hopefully not that long, depending on the strain. I will have somewhere between 30 and a thousand seeds from each plant to play with. Uh, did I say a thousand 30 and a hundred seeds from each plant to play with? And that's enough for myself and Lemur and Mobius and Man and uh, Zoso to run them and see what we've got. And then if I find out they're all good or if I find out they're all terrible, we move forward from there. If they're good, I've still got the clones of the original plants, make a bunch more. Uh, This time we'll run it in a seven-gallon pot, grow it up a little bit bigger, pollinate it, make enough seeds to last for a minute so we could stock up all the vendors. But you don't need a lot of space. Um, You need the same things that you need uh, for your regular grow. You need a dark space that you can control the dark on. I like to throw them into either 11-13 or 12-12 for a few weeks, get them into flower get that pollen on there. Um, so let's talk about this a little bit more specific detail. Get them into flower around day 23 to 32, depending on the plant is when they want pollen. If you pollinate early, your seeds will be, um, they're more likely to be more uniform and healthier. If you pollen right, pollinate right in the middle, you will get more seeds and they'll still be healthy. They'll still be uniform. If you pollinate too late, your seeds will start to get uh, not as round. You'll get more twins. You'll get more weirdos if you pollinate too late. So it's all about timing that plant. Some of my plants want pollen. I've talked about this. Uh, the Platinum Tangi is ready for pollen at like day 23 of flowers. She's like, pollinate me. I'm ready to go. Strawberry Fields, I got to wait till like day 27 or day 30 to give her pollen. If I hit her too early, she doesn't make enough seeds. If I hit her too late, she doesn't make good seeds. So it's all about timing when it comes to breeding. You may need to learn to put uh, strawberry starburst or strawberry fields into the room a week ahead, maybe two weeks ahead, then drag the platinum tangy in there two weeks later, let those flower, then drag the male. Uh, the male should already be in there, so we'll talk about male timing. Uh, but you want to pollinate the plants around day 23 to 27, maybe 32, depending on the plant. You want those pistols to be big and bushy and strong looking. Now let's talk about timing the male plant. Your male plant's probably going to start dropping pollen around day 14, really get going around 17, really dumping by 23, kicking it out by day 26. Your plants are ready for pollen by now, but uh, you may want to get the females a little bit ahead. You may want to get the male a little bit ahead. It depends on your strategy, what you want to do. I've got a separate place for my male, so I can get him ahead and he's really dumping pollen. So he's probably a week ahead of the other. So he's putting out good pollen. Some of that later pollen is better. In my opinion, the early pollen is good. The later pollen seems to be more productive, Uh, not super late, but like four or five week, six pollen is really good. Put that on the week, three week, four females, and it really goes shebang. So get your boy, get him pollinating. If you've got one space, put them all in there at the same time and do what you've got to do. I understand how it goes. It will work. A lot of the things I talk about are specifics that will dial things in and give you the best results. This is growing cannabis on a home grow level. I understand. Sometimes you just got to throw some plants in a room and do what you can do. So if that's what you've got to do, do that. So you've got your females in there. They're going to want pollen around day 23, 27, 30, 32 at the latest. Uh, Your boy's going to start dropping pollen around day 12, 14, 17. He'll start dropping it like 25 by day 30. You can't fucking walk around him because when you touch the floor, you could see pollen fall off of him. Uh, That's the point where I would drag him over to the females, put him right in the middle of the females and just shake him. Just grab him right by the base and give him a good shake. Just like if you're going to whip somebody with him, just whip all those female plants with them. Uh, The pollen is going to go flying. It's going to go everywhere. At this point, you're achieving full pollination. Those plants are getting it. Um, you're gonna taste pollen. You're gonna have pollen in your teeth, in your nose. You're gonna breathe pollen. You're gonna sneeze. It's gonna suck. Uh, you're gonna have bright yellow boogers for a whole day. You can't get rid of it no matter what you do. Your eyes are gonna feel red and itchy. Uh, I think that part of my redness and weirdness from my eyes today is from pollen. Big shout out to uh, King Solomon for making my eyes itchy. It's worth it. Uh, it could be that light. Could be Sully. Uh, but pollinate. Go in there and just spread that pollen. I put the plant right in front of a fan sometimes. I just let the fan fucking blow the pollen everywhere. Then I wait a few days, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three days. Then I will pollinate again. Now that male plant, in my opinion, has done his job. He's done. I will cut him down and smack him against something, either the fan or the lights. Just getting all that pollen out into that room. Just go sprinkle them all over the female plants, make them actually make contact. I'm trying to make maximum pollination where every pistol has been pollinated. I want maximum seeds because you guys buy every seed that I make and I cannot keep up with you. Thank you. I love you for that, but I need to make as many seeds as I can. So you drag them in there, uh, pollinate pollination should happen. Females are ready. I keep saying it around day 23, about day 27, 30, 32 ish. Your boys drop in around 17. Uh, A little bit later is the best pollen. Day 25 is really killer pollen. Uh, get them in there, juice up those girls Let the pollination set, pollinate one more time, cut down the boy, clean up the pollen, get that boy out of there. Now you're just dealing with seeded females. At this point, that's when I put the lights back on 18.6. I've talked about this a lot. There are full episodes about this. In my opinion, this works really well to speed up the finishing process to make the seeds finish faster, they finish harder, uh, they're fatter, they're stronger. Excuse me for that. They're fatter, they're stronger. Some of the best seeds I have ever made have been finished under the 18.6 finishing cycle. The best seeds I have ever made were finished under an 18.6 flowering cycle, and they were grown under Canon LEDs. I'm going to take a quick drink and we'll continue the rant about breeding. All right, so we've achieved pollination. We've put our lights back on 18.6. Now we're going to feed the plants. The plants, in my opinion, don't need the bloom boosters like we normally feed them because we're not going for flower. Uh, when you put your plants on 18.6, let me tell you that this is going to happen. They're going to look like shit. We've got to give them several weeks for these seeds to finish up. The plants are going to re-veg. Don't worry. Don't stress on that. We're not growing buds. Your intention is not to make big, pretty flowers at this point. At this point, we are fully focusing on seeds. We are growing a seeded crop. You are now growing seeds. Before, we were focused on trichomes and bag appeal flowers. Now, it is just healthy, fat seeds. The plants are going to go back into a vegetative state because we've got them on an 18 6 lighting cycle. In about 14, 17, 21 days, you're going to see little new shoots coming out of these plants. Do not freak out. Do not panic. Don't cut them off. Don't do any weird shit. Let them keep growing. Your plants are going to look weird and crazy. Don't worry. You're growing four seeds. Take a lot of pictures, post it to social media, see what people think. They're going to freak out. They're going to tell you cut it down. It's a mutant. They're not going to know what the fuck is going on. Just sit back and laugh like a mad scientist because it's really fun to see people freak out on a seeded crop that is fully revegging. If you need clones, in a few weeks before you harvest, you will have clones. They'll be popping out right out of the tops of these uh, seeded plants. You'll have brand new clones. Cut those off. Use them just like normal clones. That is a new mother plant. Don't flower that one out. Let that one grow out until the leaves get normal again. Then take clones off of that. You can flower those. Those are your new plants. You can get seeds and clones off of the same plant. That is a crazy trick that I have done a couple of times. So you've got your plants. They're on 18.6. They're going to continue to flower. They don't need the bloom boosters like they normally do because we're not growing buds. They do, in my opinion, need, enjoy, and appreciate a little bit of amino acids. Amino acids are great building blocks to life. If you've got a product with amino, some sort of liquid amino in there, add that to it. Also, they do like a little extra CalMag. They're also going to appreciate a little bit of nitrogen. If you're a bottle grower, I just basically don't switch the veg bottle to the bloom bottle when my feed schedule says put in the, excuse me, let me fix my brain. When the feed schedule says put in the bloom bottle, I just don't switch from veg to bloom. I continue that veg bottle all the way through the flowering cycle. Um, I don't do a flush phase like you normally do. Um, That's because we're not going to smoke and I want to feed my seeds Um, so yeah, the main nutrient differences, they want a little bit more calmag, They want some amino acids and I don't switch to the flowering nutrients. I just use that veg bottle. Most other things are basically the same. Uh, I don't defoliate as heavily. Um, honestly, they don't grow as bushy because they're spending most of their energy on making those seeds. Um, so then you got to let them finish. That's where I'm headed. Uh, we're feeding them. They're going to grow. They're just going to keep on growing. Um, try to, Don't get it too humid. Don't spray. Try not to spray because you've got seeds in there. If you get them too wet, too humid, those seeds will germinate inside of your buds. I've seen it before. Uh, I've seen little sprouts growing out of live plants. It's really beautiful, but uh, you just ruined your plants and your seeds and you kind of fucked up everything. Unless you're trying to make some living soil, there's nothing to be used there. So let them grow. Let them continue to grow. Don't let it get too humid. You want it the same conditions as you do a normal grow environment. So you're already doing that. Feed them, water them then you will notice that the seeds are starting to get hard. A lot of people say, how do I know when the seeds are ready? Hopefully these plants are really seeded up. All you have to do is find a branch that you're okay with just kind of mangling a little bit, grab a bud and just pinch it and pull out a seed and then roll it between your fingers. The bud will fall off, the casing will come off, all the calyx and all that part will fall onto the floor and you'll just have a seed in your hand. Pop it right into your hand and check it out. Is it white? Is it pale? Is it gray? Is it getting tiger striped? Is it dark? Is it black? Then is it hard? Give it a squeeze. If it crushes, that's when you can tell a lot. When it crushes, does it just go squish? If nothing comes out, you're nowhere near ready. If a little white gooey thing comes out, you're getting close. If it's hard and kind of goes crunch and white gooey shit comes out, you're getting really close. If it's hard and when you pinch it, it makes a little indention in your finger, then you're probably ready but go a little bit longer. It's going to take six to eight, maybe nine weeks for these seeds to harden up. Honestly, from the time you pollinate until the time you cut them down is going to be six to eight, maybe nine weeks. It is going to be very uh, plant specific. It's going to be very environmental specific. There are a lot of things that will come into play to decide how long these seeds need to go before you harvest them. I want to read my notes and make sure I didn't miss anything because I got stoned and I went kind of fast and I did lose track of where I was at one point. I want to make sure I don't miss anything for you. Select plants. Uh select a female. Select a male. Get them at the right point in flowering. Put them in the room. Let them do their magic on each other. Um, then switch the light cycle to 18.6, feed them properly. Uh basically give them veg nutrients uh all the way through, give them aminos, give them CalMag, give them nitrogen. Uh that should keep them happy. Don't let them get root bound, don't get them too humid. Um they're on eighteen six, let them go long enough. Then I think we can talk about harvesting. Um, let's harvest. One of the best parts about growing for seed is you don't really have to trim. Uh, it's all just gonna none of it's gonna get smoked. Well, unless you're gonna try, I don't do that. I don't feel it's useful. I feel like it's a waste of time. Um, so before harvest, while the plants are still alive, still growing, still well, still turgid is the word I'm looking for, I will pull off as many leaves as I can get. just defoliate with my hands, maybe scissors, but, Put on a pair of gloves and just go pull off all of the leaves because when I cut the plants down, I don't need that much leaf on there. So I go in, I cut off all of the leaves or pull off all of the leaves, as many as I can get. Then uh, the next day, I cut the plants down and I hang them upside down and put a label on them. That way I know that this plant is for sure this plant. It was the female this. I already know what it was pollinated by because it was my breeding project. Then I just simply let it dry. I don't even put them in a dry and cure room. I just hang them in a basement where the air is and they just dry in that natural environment. I'm not curing them. I'm not drying them specially. We're not going to smoke them. Uh, This is all seeded product. A lot of people think that it's insane or there's a problem with just seeding this up and not even attempting to save the material. By the time I'm done sorting it and getting the seeds out of it, it is so beat up that it is not worth it. Any uh, edibles that you make, tastes like crap. It tastes like chlorophyll. Any concentrates you make come out green and terrible because it's so beat up. It is not worth the time, energy, and effort. Uh, The material goes into the compost bin or the Bokashi bucket is honestly what happens to that material. So we cut down the plants. They've been defoliated heavily. We cut them down. They hang upside down, or you can lay them on racks if you want, but the seeds may start falling out as it dries up As long as you got something to catch the seeds and keep them separated, keep them separated so that you don't get any cross-contamination or cross-labeling of seeds. Chop the plants down. Hang them up. Let them get... This is how I do it. I let them get crispity, crispity, crunchity dry. They're super Butterfinger dry. Then I will get a container. I wish I would have brought one to the table. It is a Sterlite container, I believe is the brand. Sterlite makes them. Rubbermaid makes them. There's a bunch of generic brands that make them at the big box stores where they sell you all the plastic shit. You can get these containers. It's probably 18 inches, 16 inches tall, deep, you might want to call it. It's about three feet wide and it's about a foot and a half thick. Um, it's like a big box, basically. It's all a big plastic box. I will grab a pair of gloves and I will put my plant in that box, and I basically grab the plant by the base of the stalk and I put my hand around all the buds and run my hand right up the main stem and just shuck all the buds right off the stem. It is so dry. That as i run my hand up the stem and push all these buds off they just fall right off the stick into the container so now all the buds are off the sticks they're all into this container i've got a couple of methods for removing uh, the seeds at this point but some of the easiest ways are just put on gloves and just grind it all up with your hands don't smash too hard you'll know when you're going hard enough to destroy seeds but if you've got all the plant matter in that container and you just start grinding it up with your hands you will hear those seeds hitting that bin. Just ting, ting, tink 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 tink. ting, ting, If you did it right, it sounds like it is raining seeds into that container. It is a very, when you grew seeds on purpose and you hear that, it is a very satisfying feeling. Another really effective way of getting these seeds out of these buds is to remove all the buds from the sticks. You got to get most of the sticks out because we're going to put all these buds into a one gallon Ziploc bag, as many as you can get it into that one gallon Ziploc bag and then I just kind of roll my hands around that bag and squeeze it and crumble it. These buds are dusty bone dry. So as I'm doing this, I'm just making dust out of all of that bud. Then I personally use a seed sorter. I've got a machine that I pour the seeds and all the, the other material is called chaff. So I pour the chaff and the seed mixture into this one part and seeds come out of one end and the chaff comes out of the other. I've got to run it through a couple of times to make sure I don't miss any seeds, but once I get the rhythm of the machine, I can pull out a lot of seeds quite quickly. If you don't have a seed sorter, there are a lot of ways to figure out how to get the seeds. Uh, remember that the seeds roll and the chaff is fluffy and stays at the top. You can do it just like we used to back in the day, get an album, run the, seed, run the material up to album and the seeds fall down. The material stays at the top. There are a lot of ways to do it. This is uh, a seed breeder's version of trimming. You guys out there trimming... You always talk about how you want to put the scissors in your eye and that you hate trimming. Uh, Pulling the seeds out, is that's the headache for a breeder if you don't have the machine. If you've got the machines, they will do you very well. There is the Easy Grow Seed Sorter is what I think it's called, the Easy Seed Seed Sorter. That is a great machine. Uh, My buddy Cascadian Grown is putting out the larger models. If you need something to do a few more seeds, Uh, Cascadian Grown is actually more affordable, so find him on social media. Shout out to Cascadian Grown. There you go, Brother Free Plug, just because I want to support the community. Uh, also, there's another guy I saw. Damn, I really wish I remember who saw the uh, who made the plastic 3D printed version. It was smaller, uh, but still all three great products. Uh, no bias, no, uh, yeah, just three products you could use. They're all three seed sorters. Another thing I've seen done, I think I learned this from Mr. Soul. I like to share uh, resources so you don't think I'm a wizard. I do learn shit from a lot of other people. Mr. Soul puts his buds. He takes the sticks out. He's got just buds in a five-gallon bucket, and he taught us to get a drill, and then at the hardware store, they sell a paddle that is a drill bit, so it hooks into your drill just like a normal drill bit, but it is to stir paint is what I believe it was originally made for, and you put your drill on like a low setting so you don't destroy the seeds and just go into the five-gallon bucket and just give it a few zip, zip, zip. You don't want to go in there and and murder it, but give it a few zaps, And if the material is dry enough, just give it a zip, 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 zip. It'll just shatter that material and rupture the material and the seeds just go fly into the edge of the bucket. It will not break the seeds if you put it on a low setting and you do it gently and pay attention. If you go in there and start fucking mashing them on the bottom and making mashed potatoes out of it, you'll destroy the seeds. But if you're smooth about it and you pay attention, watch what you're doing, you will not destroy the seeds. It is a quick way to get them out. Then all of the chaff is at the top. All the seeds are at the bottom. Pull out a few handfuls of the chaff. That'll help you out. Start start sorting those seeds much more quickly. Seriously, pulling the seeds out is uh, the really the challenging part. Unless you're making packages, I package seeds by hand. Every seed that you buy was packaged by me. I touched that seed. I rolled it on the table. Made it was hard. Made sure it was hard. That was weird. Uh, touched that seed. Made sure it was hard. All right. Rolled it on the table. Made sure it was hard. I put all those seeds into the packaging myself. Uh, I like to touch them, but counting to 10 and counting to 12 and counting to six does get quite tedious. I make sure to put extra seeds in there for you, but, uh, that is my version of trimming. That's what I'm just like, all right, my eyes are crossed. I need a break. So we've gotten all the way to selecting plants. We've gotten all the way up to harvesting. We've gotten to pulling the seeds out. Uh, now you've got to count them. It's always good to count your seeds. I know that sounds tedious and monotonous. I've got a machine that does that. I simply drop my seeds in a machine and I hit go and it vibrates and it counts the seeds for me. Beautiful, beautiful machine. Uh, Hopefully you've got a friend, maybe a lovely girlfriend or somebody that will sit around and count seeds with you. Uh, Just count them out. Sometimes you could do it by weight. You'll get close enough if you just want a good idea. Uh, Sometimes you could tell that this many in a baggie is about a thousand seeds. You'll get good at it eventually. Count them because you want to know how many seeds you made. Because you want to know how many you make next time so that you can make. If you make five more next time, that's improvement. Uh, But you want to just document stuff. I like to make a lot of notes. I like to make excessive notes. That way I know where progress is. I know where I'm slacking. I know where I'm improving. All right, now let's talk about the most rewarding part of this entire project. Now it is time to grow the seeds we have produced. Did we make trash? Did we make the next gems? Did we make the newest chem dog? Did we make the new gorilla glue? Did we make the new popular shit that's going to have everybody lined up at the dispensary? Or did we just make a bunch of intersex mutant plants that nobody wants to grow? The only way to find that out is to sprout them and grow them. The first thing you want to document is germination rate. However many seeds you grow, write it down. Uh, How many germinated? Write that down. That is your germination rate. If you popped uh, 10 seeds and only seven of them sprouted, you've got a 70% germination rate. Not really acceptable for commercial seeds. Those are good for you. You need at least 80% germination to put them out to market. 90% is better. Uh, If they don't have 90% germination rate, at least put 13 seeds in that package when you sell them. Do something like that to help the people out. But you need a good germination rate. So test these seeds. Germ them out then see how they grow. Veg them. Take notes as they veg. If you've got 10 of them, you should label them however you want. You can name them. You can number them. You can letter them, but just make notes. Write that plant number one grows like shit. Plant number two grows amazing. Plant number three, is kind of weird. Plant number four is the one I want to keep already. Make notes because you're not going to remember. This is going to be a long process and you're so excited. All your mental notes are going to get foggy. So make a lot of notes. Grow these out. Uh, You can grow them as big as you want. You can grow them as small as you want, but flower them out. Do your testing process however you want to test them. Do you want to grow them big and top them and spread them out and see what they do? I like to run kind of a scientific test. I run them once again in a six-inch net pot, untopped, uh, veg them for about two or three weeks, get them big enough just to see the shape of the plant, then put it into flower. Then I'll find out very quickly if those plants show intersex traits, if they're mutants, if they're weirdos. I can find what they smell taste look like i can find production uh very quickly i can achieve production very quickly and find winners and losers very quickly uh, in less than 100 days if i do it by just flowering them out really quickly then you can dry them cure them smoke them with the crew take a bunch of pictures and see what you've got it's about a hundred day process maybe 120 if you veg them for too long so grow them out see what you've got if you want to go bigger you can i like a small test grow Uh, it just makes more sense to me why Grow big ass plants. I don't even take a clone a lot of times on my test grows. I've got a thousand seeds, grown out 10 of them. If I find something cool in there, I'll grow more seeds of that. But just grow them out, find what we've got. Why do I want to spend a bunch of time growing something that could be trash? It could be amazing, but it also could be trash. And if I waste soil, time, electricity, nutrients, water, real estate in the grow on plants that were shit, then that's frustrating. So veg them, flower them out, see what we've got. Smoke them yourself, smoke them with your friends. Smoke them with, if you're a medical grower, smoke them with whoever is consuming them medically. If you are a uh, profit grower, smoke them with your favorite customers. Give them to them as a sample. Be like, here's numbers one, two, and three. Let me know what you liked better. And they're going to love you for that. They're going to be like, you let, me get, you let me pick which one you're going to grow, and they'll think it's custom for them and shit. So uh, select the best ones. The best one. I don't like the word ones. Select It's one plural. It's weird. Select the best one or the plants that work the best for you. Then continue to grow those Those all right, my face is wearing out. So at this point, you've grown out a bunch of the plants. Uh, You've found males, females. You know how many males and females come out of a pack. You know your germination rate. You know what kind of terps you're getting from each cross. You can see now what that male did to each cross. Did it over-dominate everything? Did it add a nice something to everything? Did it work the way that you expected it? We said start this with a goal. Did you meet a goal? Did you exceed your goal? Did you forget about the goal? Did you do something totally different that wasn't your goal but still amazing? just document that. And then when you do it again, you got some sort of document, some sort of record. So, um, are the seeds you made better than the parents? Did you improve upon cannabis? Did you improve upon the species? If you paid money for these seeds, would you be happy with that? Uh, is there a reason to grow these seeds again? Was this just something you would have done one time? Or do you want to keep growing these? Cause you probably have a lot of them. Are you letting yourself and your ego get in the way of quality control? Did you fall in love with this breeding project? Uh, You know how your friend, your friend, the SoundCloud rapper thinks that every beat he makes is the best beat ever, but it's the same beat he's been making since eighth grade. Are you doing that with your breeding? Are you saying this is the best shit ever, bro, but it's really just the same beat you made in eighth grade, just trying to relive it because your ego is in the way and you really should just fucking delete that and move on and try something new. Don't let your ego get in the way of your breeding. Um, I've done it. I've been super proud of shit and then been like, but, 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 and then if I catch myself saying, but, but, then I already know that I just need to, uh, but, but, just move on. That shit ain't worth, but, but, but. Move on. There are so many plants to work with, so many male plants, so many female plants. You can make feminized plants, which will be a whole nother podcast. We do not have time for that rabbit hole. There are so many plants to play with. Why would you want to waste time with something uh, that isn't moving the cannabis species, the plant, the industry, the community forward? Why do you want to stall it out and stand still? So if your breeding isn't, perfect isn't amazing. Just abandon the project. Let's start over. Let's do something different unless you find a trait in there that you really want to isolate, work with, breed again. You'll know it. If you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, we got all the way through this. I think, yeah, I think so. There will be a couple of quick edits, but I think we did a good breeding podcast. This should spark a lot of questions. I really hope I get a lot of feedback, a lot of response from this episode. These grow lessons really do get a lot of notice. Thank you. We're getting a lot of traction on the YouTube. Uh, the Patreon has been blown up. I appreciate that. But I do look forward to the questions. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. I cannot wait. I want questions so that I could do a second part of this episode, fill in the gaps that I missed, let you know uh, any questions that you may have on breeding. Please send them my way. We'll do another episode about this. Big shout out to my friend here who sent me this uh, message. I don't think they want their name said. They did not include it in the message, so I'm going to keep you anonymous. Thank you for generating great content. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, seed poppers, seed exchangers, everybody out there in the beautiful cannabis community, I want to thank you once again for listening to episode 654 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. It blows my mind every time I say the episode number, 654 episodes, you guys. Uh, Thank you. Without you on the other side of this, uh, I would just be a psychopath with expensive toys. So thank you for supporting me. I do appreciate it. Big up, big respect. If you feel like the episode was educational, informative, entertaining, maybe I made you laugh, maybe I saved your garden, maybe you just want to throw me a couple of bucks for giving you a couple hours of entertainment every week, uh, my Patreon is patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Send me some love. Show me some support. Big thank you. I do appreciate that. Again, I did correct the link. In this episode the link in the description should get you there if you've been trying to click on it and it gives you that 404 error you're right i did fuck up my bad i fixed the link click on that get us right there um i ask for patreon contributions a lot um do not feel bad if you can't contribute to patreon i get it money is expensive or coming out of a weird time in the world right now I don't expect a a contribution from everybody. If you're listening, all I want you to do is click like or tell a friend about the show, something like that. That stuff is free. Click like, subscribe, smash that like button is what all the young kids say. Do stuff like that. If you've got another friend who is growing, thinking about growing, uh, passionate about growing, already growing... Uh, maybe you're not happy with the way they're growing. You want to politely improve their garden. Maybe just tell them, hey, have you heard about the Grow From Your Heart podcast? Word of mouth is a great way to spread a show, and it is absolutely free. It means a lot to me. So those are ways you could support me for free. Um, yeah, click like, click subscribe, and tell your friends. Uh, what else do we got? I think that's about it. Uh, email address is hotmail.com, The website, irigenetics.com. A lot of people just found out today. I am a seed breeder. They're going to be very interested in my seeds. My website is irigenetics.com. On that website, you will find a list of breeders. Uh, At the top of that list is seedsherenow.com. Use coupon code GFYH10. That will save you 10% at seedsherenow.com. You'll find a wonderful list of breeders, of vendors there. I may have said breeders a moment ago. I meant a list of vendors. Uh, Those folks all carry my seeds. Some will have some stuff in stock. Some won't have some stuff in stock. Some will have five packs. Some will have 10 packs. Uh, Some will have different prices. Some will take different cards. Some will take different payment methods. There will be variances on the websites. Find what works best for you. Find who's got what you need in stock. Find uh, who takes your payment method. Find who ships to you. You're going to have to do a little bit of research, but it's all there on irigenetics.com. All right, I'm going to wrap this up because I don't need to ramble for too much longer. Thank you once again for listening. I will be back in just a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to all of my friends at the Embracing Organics podcast. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.